Hello and welcome to The The Heart Heart of Healing Show. Show. I'm your host, Natasha Slayton. And I'm your co-host, Sophie Starr. Join us each week as we explore the magic of alternative healing modalities, what they are, how they work, and the parts that have helped us. We'll be interviewing world-renowned healers and experts within different fields. All the while sharing personal stories of pain and perseverance. So tune in to tap into your true potential and learn with us as we dive into a world of possibilities. Have some laughs. And some cries. And ultimately, get to the heart of healing. Hello and welcome back to another episode of our show. We are very, very, very excited to dive into conversation today. We are going to be talking about mental health, the importance of checking in with yourself, and also giving yourself permission to step into the best version of you. And joining us in conversation today is the wonderful Kia Myers Dugan, who is an official courage permission slip giver. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming, welcoming me. Thank you for uh, inviting me to be a part of this conversation. I, uh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Oh my gosh, you're so welcome. Thank you. I have been wanting to talk to you for so long. And I mm. wanted to know, like for you, what is the importance of checking in with yourself and also like the idea behind these check-ins that you have created? Yeah. Well, because, you know, my, um, my background is coaching. I mean, so pre-coaching, I was in marketing, but I became a coach back in 2017. And it wasn't until I started working with my own coach and then going through my coach training that I realized how much we ignore and step over within ourselves, right? So much of what we do is, or the way that we kind of navigate situations is a, is a reaction as opposed to us being intentional about the way that we come to something. And so, and I actually, I can't even remember when I started doing these check-ins, but I do remember your first message to me, Natasha, and it was so, it meant so much to me to know that someone out there was getting something out of what I was putting out, which seemed really absurdly simple, but it is something that we skip over and ignore so much. So I just am so thankful to you, Natasha, for letting me know that that was meaningful for you. Um, But, you know, with regard to the importance of checking in, like I said, it is, it is really rooted in the fact that so often we are just, going through life, going through our days on autopilot and doing the same thing over again, you know, making the same choices like Groundhog Day. We get up in the morning, it's like, okay, I got to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But we're not really checked in. Yeah. You know, you think about when you leave your house and you're going to a destination, sometimes you can't even remember how you got there because you're just so, you're just, well, okay, this is what I got to do. And so recognizing the impact that having those check-ins with my own clients was having on them and the self-discovery that was bringing forward. And then for me too, right? Like I do this work too of like, oh, that's why I was so stressed out. Oh, that's why I was so stuck. Um, So it really is important to do these check-ins to get that awareness of, 
if I'm stressed, if I'm overwhelmed, what is it that's keeping me in this place? What is it that I need to do to move past it? And you can't do that if you're not taking the time to ask yourself these simple questions of, hey, what's working for me right now? What's not working? What would I do differently if I could do something differently? Um, it, it's important to get that awareness because when you have awareness, that's when you can start to make a different decision and start to bring about different results. Oh my gosh, Kia, I could not relate to what you're sharing more. I'm just like, yes, that's me. That's me. I mean, it's so funny as you're describing like the process of forgetting how we get to a destination. I remember being in counseling and there would be whole weeks where I realized I don't know where these weeks went. And it wasn't until I'm checking in with my therapist that I'm like, oh, I got nothing because I've been on (laughs) autopilot. And I'm curious, like, what is the step? What are the steps that then we can take once we realize, oh, no, I've kind of relinquished control of my internal world. Now I'm back, but it's been so long. What do I do? Well, the first thing that I will say is that when you do that check-in and the check-ins, it's not as though you do it and then automatically everything is fixed, right? Like you do the check-in and then there's a series of other decisions and steps that have to happen. But I think where people get nervous is one, what they're going to find out about themselves when they do the check-in, right? Like what, what am I going to discover? And what, what kind of change is that going to bring about in my life? And people are afraid of that, right? Like that's why we keep doing a lot of the same things because it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. Um, so that's one part of it. But the realization and the reminder that just because you have an aha moment, just because you have a realization, it doesn't mean that you have to do anything about it right in that moment. And that I think is one of the other things that freaks people out is, oh my gosh, I don't really like this path that I'm on right now. Now I've got to change everything. No, you don't. You don't have to do that right then and there. All you have to do is realize, okay, these things are not working. And then to answer your question, Sophie, on the other side of that realization, you can literally just start trying it on. You can just start experimenting of, okay, if this was going to work for me, what are some things that I would like to be doing or what would I no longer like to be doing? And just kind of mapping that out and seeing what feels right, right? Like what gives you that internal charge of, well, okay, this seems interesting. Let me explore that a little further. Let me take a step to get a little bit more information. And that could be as easy as sending an email to someone, sending a text message to say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. I noticed that you have been doing that or you know someone. Can you, would you mind getting into conversation with me about it? I mean, that is literally all you have to do. You don't have to like flip the table, turn your (laughs) life upside down. It is literally, I can just talk to someone to get a little bit more information. That's all I have to do. That's all I have to commit to. Oh my gosh, what? When you said that, I got like relief through my whole body. I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's, 
that's really key of what it is. You're so spot on with that because we're afraid that like, well, once I have this realization, well, now I've got to uproot and now my whole life's going to be different mm-hmm. and then it's different forever and I can never go back. But it's like, yeah. wait, I can just sit with the realization for a second and like get used to this air quotes water until I'm ready to make a move. That is such a relief that we forget about and ties back to your point. We can't even get there without the check-in. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And the other thing that you said, Sophie, to remember, the other reminder is that, yeah, you can go back, right? Like you can start down this other path. And, oh, by the way, if it doesn't work, it's, I remember when I, um, So I've lived in Oregon. That's where I am right now. I've lived in Oregon twice. And the first time that I was moving up here from LA, I remember, and I, I think in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was like, "Mm, I'm not sure about this, but I wanted to do it because it was something different. And I needed a change at that point in my life. And I remember my mom who was sensing the reticence. She was saying, now Kia, you know that Just because you go and move up to Portland, it doesn't mean that the road is going to crumble away and you can't get in your car and drive back, right? Like you can always go back. You can always go back. So that's the other reminder is that you don't have to stay on a path of a choice that you've made. And I think that's where some of that permission comes in too. You don't have to stay there. You can make another decision, but you know, our lives we're continually moving forward and everything is giving us data so that we can then use our abilities to say, hmm, I'm going to try something else now. Mm-hmm. I don't, this isn't serving me anymore. Wow. So what does it truly mean to give yourself permission and step into your personal power? Because I know like for me, for example, because I can only speak for myself, there will be times where it's like, okay, there's fear around that. And maybe the fear is so paralyzing that like, I don't even want to make that first step. Like I'll know all of these things that I can do or can try on because I'm very aware that like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting something to change. Um, And I feel like for me, it is kind of like, okay, if I'm committing, it's an all or nothing. There's sort of this like marination phase, if you will. It's like I collect all of this data and when I feel familiar enough with all of my options, then I'm like, okay, maybe now I'm going to dip my toe in or like just see like, okay, is this safe? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, also, what if someone feels like they're doing everything they possibly can and it's just not working? So it's like... I don't know if that's like a two two different questions, but yeah, let's start with like the personal power thing. Well, and I will say, Natasha, is that there's permission that you have to give yourself in that too of realizing, okay, uh, and you know, just speaking from personal experience of when you have tried so many different ways to make something work and it is just not working, I think it's important to realize that you can give yourself permission to say, this is, it's not time for me to do this anymore, right? Like the season of my life is shifting and I have to be okay with that, right? Like that if there's that saying that it's like, you can either let go or be pushed, right? <laughs> like, yep. You, you know, or, or be dragged. I think that's actually, <laughs> let go or be dragged, right? And so it is really like 
And that's also part of the check-in is realizing, am I the only one that's stuck on stupid right now? Like, am I the only one that is like holding on and, and everyone else has moved on? They've, you know, they're not even paying attention. And oh, by the way, no one cares as much as you think they do. Yeah. Am I the only one that is like, holding on so tight and I'm not letting any other ideas, inspiration, motivation, possibilities come in. And I really do like to use that fist metaphor of when your fist is closed like this, nothing can get in. Water, air, nothing, right? But when you just start to let go just a little bit, when you give yourself permission to loosen your grip just a little bit, then all of a sudden it's you start seeing things in a different light, but you have to let yourself do that. You have to allow yourself to want what you want and to let go of the things that aren't serving you anymore. Um, and, and the only person that's hurt by holding on to something that isn't working, no matter what way you look at it, the only person that's really hurt by it is you. Mm, yeah. So I think it's allowing yourself to really care for yourself and honor yourself versus what you think society wants you to do versus what you think family and friends want you to do or what you think they want you to do. Um, it's really honoring yourself first and allowing yourself to not disappoint yourself any longer. I love oh. that you said that because it's like, there is this, it brings it back to like the fear too for me because it's like, I know from experience that when I do like let go and let God, so to speak, or just let things in, like release my energy mm -hmm. and tension, mm -hmm. then everything shifts. So it's like from experience, I totally know that that works and that everything you're saying is so legitimate. Yeah. And I think we can actually bring that back to the point of, you know, fear and needing courage to step into that. Even if you do have all of like the, um, information sort of collected of like what you want your next steps to be, whether you would do or not. I think like that fear and also almost, um, a lot of times that perfectionist, those perfectionist types yeah. of tendencies, um, mm -hmm. can be something that at least for me are, are very, um, key in holding me back, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. 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 I, I'm just going to, um, build on what you said yes, please, as please. someone who is a recovering perfectionist type, a personality, like I have to often have to have that conversation with myself every day, multiple times a day. And it's like a muscle that you work. It's not like you wake up one day and say, I'm not going to be a perfectionist anymore. <laughs> no. No, because you've had a really long time to become that person and it's not going to, you're not going to move past that tendency just because you flipped a light switch. So I just wanted to, I just wanted to say, to speak to that, that, you know, I have expe personal experience with that and that I have to um, speak to that part of myself to say, Hey, like it's not, the world is not going to end because you didn't do that exactly the right way. Right. Oh, mm -hmm. I love that so much. That's something I'm really learning right now, honestly, especially mm -hmm. with like doing this show and, and watching my life take new form or even being in school. I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, I know how good things can be and how perfect they can be yeah. or how I want them to be. It's like, they don't have to be. And the only person I'm stressing out yeah. is myself. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, I've often yeah. found too that like for me, when I remember to let go, my life always ends up better than when I try to strong arm it. Always, mm-hmm. like my I am not as good of a director as I think I am. <laughs> like me I'm either. really not. <laughs> like I'm not Steven Spielberg. <laughs> like I'm not. But I just, Kia, I'm curious. Like as we're talking about this, when do you think or why do you think? we stop giving ourselves permission. Are we born that way? Where does that come in? Uh, That's a really interesting question. And I think, and I actually was having a conversation about this with someone on my show. And I think that when we, as we start moving through the world, and I remember this, I saw this a million years ago. Someone had posted a meme and they asked the question, who were you before the world told you who you should be? Mm. And that, you know, all the talking heads, all the articles, and this was way before, you know, social media had really blown up, right? Like TikTok and Snapchat and you know, none of those things. And, you know, Instagram didn't have all the features that they have right now. And I think with the advent of all of these things, the 24 hour news cycle, everyone has a hot take, right? Like, and things are just coming in at rapid, at a rapid pace. It's almost like you don't even have time to hear your own thoughts on something. You don't have time to hear how you really feel, what you really want, it's so heavily influenced or, um, you know, colored by what we see and hear from others while we're trying to process on our own. And so to answer that question, Sophie, I think that um, as we start incorporating other voices before we've incorporated our own, I think that's where our permission giving abilities it's not that they go away i just think they aren't as strong as maybe they were before we started taking in all this information i said at such a rapid clip does that make sense absolutely that makes so much sense and with the bombardment of all of this overstimulation Mm -hmm. uh, especially like what you're talking about with social media and all of these incoming pieces of information Mm -hmm. it's like of course our intuition and that that knowledge that comes from that silence or just getting right. in tune with yourself, of course, that's going to be yeah. sort of pushed out. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's no mm-hmm. space to listen. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, right. yeah, right. brings it back to like the importance <laughs> of checking in with yourself. Uh, a great, yeah. a, a great yeah. point that you're making is like, fostering that inner voice you're so right because so often we're told especially as children that we don't know ourselves and like that agency is taken away from us I think well-intentioned by loving adults but I think for me kind of how that manifested is like I was talking to a friend about this last year we were looking at each other and we were like having this existential moment of like, who are we? Like <laughs> literally when people are like, be yourself, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Like, who am I? So it's so funny how it's those moments that you're talking about that like then through checking in with ourselves, we identify how right. far away we've gotten from ourselves. And yeah. I'm yeah. curious, what does that process of like returning to ourselves look like? Is it through daily acts of self-permission? Like, how do we get there? Mm -hmm. Um, One of my favorite exercises 
for doing that, for really reconnecting because one of the, so um, my coaching and really, you know, my entire style, my coaching style, my speaking style, my teaching style is really rooted in this aspect of connecting with your values and your needs. So your personal requirements, right? Like what do you need in the short term? Those are your needs. Like what are the things that need to be addressed, honored, respected, um, considered right now in order for you to feel like you are capable, moving in the right direction and that you're honoring yourself. And then the other part of that is connecting with your values. What are those long-term or what are those conditions, requirements, et cetera, that you have over the long term in order for you to feel empowered in order for you to feel like you are honoring yourself, that you're, um, you know, really loving and caring for yourself. And, and that is a process that I like to use in order to answer that question of getting reconnected because we all operate with a set of values, but when we aren't, when we can't name our core values, right off the top of the bat, or we can't name our aspirational values right off the top of the bat, that is a recipe for us to to go whichever way the wind blows, right? And, you know, the wind that we've been talking about today is kind of like the social media, right? Like what's happening in the zeitgeist. But when you are able to do that values exercise of what are the three to five qualities that I have to abide by in order for me to, or, you know, more than less in order for me to feel like I am moving in the right direction, that I'm doing what's right for me because everything that we do, every action that we take is an effort to get a need or a value met. And when anger and worry and overwhelm and stress and all of those quote unquote negative emotions, come forward, that is usually a sign that more of your values or needs are being disrespected than not. Mm. And so one, one exercise that I like to ask my clients to do to make it really simple is select a one core value. If I was going to fully embody my core value of X today, so one of my core values is courage. Go figure. Um, if I was going to really embody courage today, what would I do? How would I structure my day? What conversations would I have? What meetings would I take or not take? It's things like that, simple things, you know, absurdly simple things that, again, we blow past. If you can just select one or two values to honor and embody just for one day or half a day. That is a way to really help you come back to, oh, this is really important to me. Now I see why I'm so unsettled about X because I've been completely ignoring my value of X, whatever that is. I love that you're saying that because like, that's such a great way to apply yourself the way or to show up in the world, the way you want to show up, because it's one thing to sort of do that from an internal standpoint, like whether you're on a yoga Mm -hmm. mat or in meditation or Mm -hmm. um, at home. And like, you know, I, I an only child and um, I grew up in an environment where I felt very free to 
follow my intuition and to like feel what does what feels good to me what feels bad to me what's a yes what's a no and like Mm -hmm. to the point of maybe sometimes that looking selfish to whoever I've been around you know because I'm very much like "Mm, no I can't do that because it doesn't feel right to me or no like I'm I'm not gonna hang out with you because like this feels I I need to be home right now like I just am good at that but then when it comes to showing up in the world and going out and being like actually being able to take those core values first identifying them and then taking them out there and like really focusing on them so that you can embody those things that's a whole nother perspective that I didn't even consciously consider before you just said that wow yeah that's huge. Yeah, I mean, our, our values are truly our roadmap. It's how we, it's the criteria that we use to evaluate decisions that we're making, just like you were saying, like, okay, if I was really going to embody and honor my values, then I probably wouldn't take this job or I wouldn't engage in this relationship any longer, right? Like, you know, all of us are in some kind of relationship that it's like, well, this isn't really serving me as much as I would like it to, you know? And so, but you, you, but you can use your needs and your values to really assess how can I empower myself here? How can I re reinvigorate um, my sense of self here? Right. Um, And, you know, that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. Like you can start over again. You Mm. can like take a couple steps back and say, okay, I've not been showing up in the way that I know I shine the best, right? So if I were going to, you know, kind of do a redo, how would I, how would I approach this differently? Um, but, but really our values are, um, can serve as a roadmap for us. Wow. I think you bring up such a good point about, you keep referring to like, it's these building blocks. It's these simple things that we just don't mm-hmm. think about. And I, I think about how often I'm like, when I'm reminded, like I am in this moment, I'm like, how do I keep forgetting? And it's like <laughs> simple, I think mm. sim- simple and easy are not synonymous. And I think that, no. you know, it reminds me of a time when I was first getting sober and there was a man who, you know, was much older and he had been sober for about 30 years. And I asked him, you know, how do I, how do I not drink? And how do I stop this? And he said, it's simple, just don't drink. And he kind of <laughs> smiled at me, implying that, <laughs> implying that, hey, it really is that air quote simple but it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean there's not more to it, you know? And I think what you're referring to touches on that Mm -hmm. same point of like, hey, we're Mm -hmm. not saying it's easy, but it it really is kind Mm -hmm. of this simple getting back to basics. I mean, how, yeah. How is that like applied to your own life? Like, do you coach yourself with your amazing tools? And I was going to ask that. (laughs) Uh, So, well, you know, so I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to show you my background, but I, for that exact thing that you just said, I write out my core values on a post-it and I keep it where I can see it every day. So that when I'm just, because I do, I totally get off track, completely get off track because I'm just like, I got to get these things done. Oh, this is happening. Oh, I got to do this. And when I feel myself like, man, like, what is going on? What is, what is happening to me right now? And then I look over on my little, you know, bulletin board and it's like, Hmm, 
okay, so of my core, I've got like six core values. I'm only really living by two of them. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense why I'm feeling like crap right now. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, if I were going to embody just a couple of these values and really lean in, this is what I would do. So yes, I have to coach myself on this. And then when, um, you know, when I realize I'm kind of like talking to my own belly button, then I've got to bring in other people. I've got to reach out to trusted friends. I've got to reach out to my coach and be like, okay, I am losing the handle. Help. (laughs) (laughs) Do you feel like this has been a process for you to get to the space? I mean, obviously, yes. But like, were there Mm -hmm. particular things that you remember having to overcome in order to actually fully be able to give yourself permission in this way? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes. I I can think of... There's one situation in particular, and this was actually before I had even finished my coach training, but I was working with my own coach. And um, I remember talking to her about how stressed out I was in this particular work scenario. And, but because, you know, it's like, I didn't want to come off as the angry black woman. I didn't want to come off as appearing really, um, emotional or like I couldn't handle it. And so I would be very stoic in situations and which really meant I was not connecting with any emotions, right? I wasn't connecting with anything that was going on within me. And she helped me to see that vulnerability, checking in and really letting yourself feel and express those feelings that really is where the seat of power lives. It's not shutting down, it's opening up. That is really the seat of power. And that is something that was like a, it was an aha moment for me. I didn't accept it initially because I just was like, no, she doesn't, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Even as an Afro-Latina woman, I was like, no, nope, <laughs> no, she doesn't understand. But I, but when I really sat with what she shared, I was like, oh, and then combining that with my values, let me tell you that I was a force after that. I mean, I was, I I mean, I was out in these streets at work like, okay, if I don't say this, I'm not going to be able to look at myself in the mirror. And I would have colleagues who would say, wow, like. I can't believe you said that. And it needed to be said. They were like, yes. And we've already seen changes because of what you said to this person. I mean, I really was like, nope, not, not holding myself back anymore. And, and, but it was allowing myself to really check in with what is key, what's important to me and allowing myself to feel the feelings. Those were, those were two really big moments. And I always come back to that when I think of like shutting down and retreating, I think of what that, that check-in did for me. Oh, I love that so, so much. (laughs) So many people are afraid to speak up for themselves and it doesn't have to look like an attack on anyone else or anything else, but like just learning to be able to honor your truth. And like you said, your core values that 
you know, sometimes we have to remind ourselves of what those are, but just being able to speak up for those things and stand behind them really grounded in your own personal truth, that can be very yeah. difficult for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really relate yeah. to your story on a personal level, Kia. I very much the same way, like think thought power was just withholding any, you know, not giving anyone a reaction, not letting anyone see what's going on because I don't want to be out of control and I don't want to be messy and I don't want to be all these things. And, you know, what's interesting is I think it ties back to what you started off with where it's like, it's in a little bit thing where what I'm learning is like, I can step step into myself and how I feel and show up in that way, but that doesn't mean I have to do that with everyone, but it's being mm-hmm. like conscious about it. Like it's not like, well, now if I now <laughs> if I'm showing up, I've got to everyone gets access to me. I can consciously choose you don't feel like a safe person to open up to and I don't have to. Mm-hmm. And that's agency. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like mm-hmm. that's what I love about what you started off with with like the a little bit thing. <laughs> That's yeah. A good point. yeah yeah and that and so and that kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about like testing things out right when you have that after you do that check-in and realize oh that's not working anymore <laughs> and then deciding well I'm just I'm gonna try it out here right I'm not gonna try it out in every area I'm just gonna try it out here because that's that's what builds confidence but there's a um, a writer who said confidence is overrated. You have to build courage first. You have to be willing mm. to do that hard thing. You have to, be, her name was Danny Shapiro. Her name just came to my mind that she said confidence is overrated. Courage has to come first. You have to be willing to um, move past, deal with the uncomfortable, you know, unsavory experiences in pursuit of that goal that serves you and probably serves everyone, everyone else a lot better, but you have to be willing to endure that feeling first. You have to be willing to endure the, uh, the circumstances that may not feel good. You have to be willing to move past that in pursuit of the, the worthier goal. But, um, but you have, you don't have to do that in every area of your life. You can just pick the places that, maybe need the most attention and try it there. And then you build up that muscle, which is that muscle of confidence. Mm. That's wonderful advice, especially for anyone that feels very paralyzed by fear or self-doubt. And just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like with anything, it's like you might know exactly what you have to do or you might want to turn the faucet all the way Mm -hmm. on, but it's like, that's not really where the growth happens. It is those micro steps to that full place where you can feel like you're finally starting to step into your own. And it's a constant practice. It's not like, you know, one day you're just this ultimate version of yourself. It's kind of like Mm -hmm. the growth to, to getting there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's perfect. I'm so like, Oh my gosh. I took, I took so many notes, like so much of this I needed. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I need a session. I need to like step into this. I'm so inspired by, by you and your work. You look like you have a question. No, I'm trying to see. I'm like, I feel like we talked about so much, but I want to see if I know. 
Okay, so Kia, with the Courage permission slip, is this a physical permission slip that we need to buy at the store? Is this something that we fill out? Is this conceptual? And are there any rules or guidelines for the best way to apply this Courage permission slip? Uh, so you just gave me a product idea, but no, it's not something physical that I have created as of yet. It really is more conceptual. It's really um, the conversation and the decisions that you make within yourself of saying, where am I not allowing myself to really show up in the way that I want to be showing up in the world? Mm. Um, but nothing physical yet. Yet. <laughs> but stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> and then you also have your own podcast actually called The Courage Permis- Permission mm-hmm. Slip. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, yes. Well, you know, and I really, when I, I've been thinking for years about doing a show. I just, I wanted, I love being in conversation with people just like what we're doing right now. I get so much energy from doing this. And, you know, in my secret conversations, I'm like, I would love to just get paid to talk, right? I would love to just get paid to be in conversation with people. Um, but I had, I had had this desire to have conversations with people. Initially, it was with people who were making these really amazing career pivots uh, because that was one of the places that I really specialized in a few years ago. And then, but I set it down because there was someone who was like, you're not ready for that yet. It's not time for you to do that yet. And, you know, I listened to them, but I never let it die within me. And then, so I just kind of kept going forward. And then fast forward to last year, I was having a conversation with my coach and I really, the conversation was really more just about the show was I just wanted something different to do. I had been coaching for a really long time. I was always teaching and giving, um, you know, giving talks on things. And I just felt this desire to do something different. And combined with the moniker that my coach had really had given me in jest of being a courage permission slip giver. Um, when we were saying, okay, I'm going to do this show here, are my reasons for doing it. And we were going round and round about the names. And I was like, what about courage permission slip? Because the whole premise of the show is to normalize the conversations around fear. People feel like, you know, there, there are individuals in this world who are doing these really amazing, badass things. There's no way that they feel nervous. There's no way that that person feels like they don't have it together. And I knew that that wasn't true. I knew that those people who were doing it had just decided that fear was not a big enough excuse to not try and do those things, to start the business or go for a job that they felt like they weren't qualified for or to leave a relationship, right? Like there are all these things that on the outside, it looks like, oh, there's no way. There's no way that they don't have it together. When in reality, they're like the feet of little ducks. Right? <laughs> and swans, like they like they glide on the water and you're like, oh, look, like that's so peaceful. But their little feet, their little cattle, they're like, they're like freaking out underneath the water. And that is, that is all of us. It is all of us. And so I wanted to really take that conversation public that there are people out here who are doing 
really wild and wild in the best way um, pursuits for what it is they want to do in their lives and their careers and their businesses. And they, too, are afraid. They're worried about what people are going to think. They're worried what happens if it doesn't work out. They're worried about making a mistake. Um, And yet they are still moving forward. So I wanted to normalize that conversation to let people know that, A, you're not alone, because I think so many people are out here really suffering, feeling like no one else can possibly understand what I'm dealing with. No one else feels these things. I'm the only one who doesn't have it together. We're all trying to figure it out. We all are. So I wanted to take those conversations public um, to really provide a source for people and a, a really proof that you don't have to have it all together and figured out to move forward, to try that thing that, you know, when you look at it on paper, you're like, oh, that's what I want to do? Really? Okay. <laughs> Oh, I'm literally tearing up. I really needed that. I really, really needed Mm. that. Oh, Kia, I'm so grateful that you gave yourself permission to live your life the way that you wanted to because that unlocked all of this for us and that allowed us to be sitting here right now getting everything that we need for our whole life. Like I can tell we're both getting (laughs) our life from you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. That means so much. Oh. And I and I I want to say one thing uh and Natasha I really I'm so touched by your emotion. Really um that just that means so much to me more than you know because when one of the reasons that it took me so long to do my show was I was like no one wants to hear what I want to say. No one wants to hear. They don't care. Kia who? Like, no one wants to hear what I have to say. And then I just was like, but I, I know that this conversation about fear is something that people need to hear, but I also know that there is something that I'm going to bring to this conversation that I'm going to bring, um, you know, into the world that no one else is going to do it in the way that I'm going to do it. I have a unique gift, talent, way of parsing things out that the next person who's doing something similar, they're not going to do it in the way that I'm going to do it. So I had to, um, I had to set that down to allow myself to give myself permission to hit record on the first episode because I was terrified. <laughs> terrified. The first couple episodes before I would get on, I'd be like, nope, <laughs> no, nope, this, no, this is not it. Like no one, are you kidding me? This sucks. No one cares. And then somewhere along the way, I I got my stride, and now I'm like, oh, okay, time to do another interview. This is great, but but that held me back initially. No one wants to hear what I have to say, so I I shouldn't do it. Mm. That's so relatable. I feel all the feels. <laughs> I feel all the feels, but I'm so glad that you pushed forward because it's everything that. I need and I know mm-hmm. it's everything that so many other people Thank need you. mm-hmm. and you're making such an incredible difference in so many people's lives and mm-hmm. something that I heard pretty recently is um, that there's always going to be silent admirers too like we're not always getting yeah. the feedback but like yeah. there are always those silent admirers so you're changing mm-hmm. lives of people that you don't even know and so to 
for you to step into your courage and then thereby give other people permission to do the same. Like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, This was such a wonderful conversation. Yes. Um, Is there anything else you want to add? We've covered a lot of ground. (laughs) We've covered a lot of ground. And um, this conversation has given me so much energy. And I'm just, I'm so um, glad and thankful that I got to be in conversation with you ladies about this topic that obviously I I have a lot of passion about and I feel very strongly about. Um, and I think I just, I just want to say with regard to that of if there is something that you want to do and it doesn't have to be starting a business, it doesn't have to be starting a podcast. It could literally be, you know, there is someone who I have been silent admiring for a really long time and I would love to just learn more about them, right? Like it could be something as simple as that is recognizing what is the best thing that can happen if I take a step forward. Not thinking about the worst thing, because that's what holds so many of us back. Think about the best case scenarios. What is, what's possible for you if this even worked out 5%, right? Like, not 100%. Like, if this just worked 5% better than how it's working now, what would that be like for me? If that person said, yeah, I can talk to you next month. Oh my gosh, this is amazing, right? But think about how your life can be different if you just tried one, if you took one little step in the direction of that thing that you're wanting and make that, make the feeling of that, make the possibility of that bigger and more important than the fear and the hesitation and the self-doubt that you feel. Make that feeling of possibility bigger. I have nothing of value to add to that. <laughs> Mic drop. That was... You are everything I need in my life. Oh, my like god! the advice that my soul needed Same. on every level. Um, where can people find you? And if they want to work, can they work with you? Or how can they work with you? Yeah. Um, so my website, which just, which just went over a refresh. So KiaMyersDugan.com. That's where you can learn a little bit more about me. You can check out my podcast there. You can connect with me on all the social media networks. All of that is there for you. Um, at my website. Amazing. And we'll link all of your information in our socials and show notes as well. Thank you to everyone that tuned in with us today and that continues to keep coming back for more. We love you so, so much. Um, We hope that Mm -hmm. this conversation was of value to you and you feel like you now have a little bit more courage, a little bit more (coughs) self-permission, a little Mm -hmm. less self-doubt and um, know that, you know, if you just keep checking back in with yourself, Um, raising that self-awareness, like you can really and truly conquer anything and everything. We'll be here if you want to DM us, reach out to us. I'm sure Kia will as well. And thank you so much, Kia, for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Really appreciate this conversation and the holding space with you both for for today. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for hanging out with us for this episode. We hope you gained some valuable insight and maybe learned something new. If you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. 
And don't forget to follow us on social media at The Heart of Healing Show. Till next time. Mwah.